How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Self a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams over the course of seven years. Those of you checking us out, via video, can see the helmets behind me to see which teams I played for or Google it or whatever, the game balls. I absolutely love this podcast because I always say it's three podcasts for the price of one. We get you ready for the biggest games in college football and college football season. We even offer up our bets for the biggest college football games each week. And more than anything else, though, we're nonstop on the NFL draft all year round. We talk about the best prospects. We talk about all of the prospects, which is what we're going to do today. So here's the formula, just so you know. We're going to do the first round today because it's important. It's the most financial investment. And I think the first round is worthy of us, Emery and I, going through pick by pick. But then the next eight weeks, we will go division by division. So that means your team division and your team. And we'll talk about every draft pick and Emery will also have some shout-outs for some of the undrafted free agents because nobody knows as many prospects as my co-host Emery Hunt, who you should follow on social media, at FBall Game Plan on Twitter or Football Game Plan on YouTube, saw so many members of the media posting the scouting reports from Emery's critically acclaimed draft guide, which you can still get, by the way, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide to learn more about these undrafted free agents and others that get signed. I'm pretty sure most of like the beat reporters just steal from Emory stuff and use those notes for their notes for the undrafted free agents that they're breaking down. So why don't you go to the actual source, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Emory, um, it's funny to like, Talk to you for the first time since the draft. Obviously, a lot happened. Uh, I want to start at the top. We've talked a lot about Bryce Young, Carolina taking him. But what did you think about what Houston did next, getting C.J. Stroud at two and then trading a lot? I mean, they traded a lot, Emory, to get back up to three to get Will Anderson Jr. Well, Ross, it takes two to tango and three to jump rope. So, when you think about them trading back up to three to get Will Anderson, it's like that means Arizona passed on Will Anderson, passed on an elite pass rusher, passed on a, a huge need on their defense to trade back with a team in Houston. So to me, getting the number one, what some people say the number one quarterback, which, I, you know, I had all three guys ranked the same, so I'm not going to put an argument there, but also the number one pass rusher, that's a win for me. So 
yeah, you gave up future picks or whatnot, fine, but you got the best quarterback, the best pass rusher. That's a win for me for Houston. So I didn't mind the trade. I didn't like the trade from an Arizona perspective. I know people are enamored with stacking picks and assets and, you know, collecting picks and moving around. They love the draft process and movement more than they do the actual players that are picked. So I love what Houston did. Go get the two best players. They they took advantage of Arizona. I don't know why Arizona passed on Will Anderson. So I have no problem with it. Interesting. Really interesting. I will say that. People like picks more than they like players. It's so bizarre. It's you know, because so if, if if for every trade you ever did, okay, after the trade, you look at what players were picked with those other picks you got, it never looks as good as you think it's going to. No, and everybody brings up um, the Saints trading the entire draft for Ricky Williams, and then you go and look at the players that were picked with those uh, selections, and you like, Saints kind of made out like bandits. <laughs> They're the better player out of the seven that was that was you know picked by other teams or whatnot. So yeah, it's all people are enamored with the idea of the picks that they are getting in a trade, and also we we laugh and joke. It's a running joke. Next year's class is always better, especially at quarterback. Oh, but then you can get up and get uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like that means in order to have the number one pick, you pretty much have to lose every game, the entire to go zero and seventeen. Because if you win one game, we've seen that play out for Houston, which is why they lost out to Chicago for the number one pick. So stop banking on, oh, yeah, they could just oh, easy, and also, oh, they could just easily move up. They got Amwell now to move up and go get a – who wants to – if you're in the top and need a quarterback, I don't care if you got two first-round picks uh, in, in, in round one. I'm not moving up that spot, but take the guy I want. So, yeah, you may have Amwell to move up, but it takes two to tango and three to jump rope. All right. At four, the Colts got your guy, Anthony Richardson. I know you're fired up about that. I mean, that you he was your number one quarterback back last summer, and a lot of people doubted that back then. Ends up going to the Colts at four. I'm pretty confident the Colts were thrilled that he to get him. Love that fit with Shane Steichen's offense. The next couple are interesting to me, Emery. Um, next few, I'd say. Seahawks at five took... Devin Witherspoon, Cardinals at six, traded back up, which I thought was really interesting. They traded back up from 12 with Houston to get Paris Johnson Jr. And then the Raiders got Tyree Wilson at seven, and the Falcons got Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, at eight. Uh, I want to start with Witherspoon. Man, I mean, Emery, he, he better be good. He must be good. To be like an undersized corner for this day and age, to go fifth overall, that's pretty rich. It, it really is. And if, you know, I, because I, I guess we just all thought that Christian Gonzalez would have gone ahead of Witherspoon or specifically for Seattle, D line. Carter's right there. You, you can get Miles Murphy. You can get a Nolan Smith. You can get a pass rusher. You can get Tyree Wilson if you wanted to um, there. I felt like they probably should have gone D-line, but they went secondary, which was another, you know, area that they wanted to improve because, again, uh, their secondary was was solid last year. Woolen, uh, Kobe Bryant played well as a rookie also. So, for me, it's just about, okay, he doesn't fit the mold of what 
Pete Carroll likes at the position. He likes length, you know, tall, long. And Witherspoon is not the most um, – he's not the tallest. He's not the lengthiest. Uh, he's a good player. But I thought the D-line would have been great. Again, Witherspoon is a, a – I like the player. It's just I just wonder what went into the process of them passing on D-line help uh, in order to go on the back end. And then uh, Paris Johnson's a good player. I just think it's interesting – you know, you know what I also reject, Emery? I reject the, well, we got all these picks from Houston, so there's no, it, it, we can easily just trade up back to six to get Paris Johnson. If you love the player, that's fine, but I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, now that we have, no, no, you still look at it like you take every transaction in of itself. I will say this, Emery, on Tyree Wilson, you know, First of all, I watched his highlights, and I got to be honest with you, Emery. I was like, are these the best highlights you could find for this guy? Like, those are the best highlights? The guys he's going against, the Big 12 had some of the worst starting offensive linemen I've seen. And then I talked to Dr. Chow from, you know, Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central, and he said not a good sign that he had to have a second surgery on that foot. I don't know. Where are you at with Tyree Wilson, Emory? You know, the, it's one of the reasons why I had him as – I know people were saying edge rusher, and I'm like, nah, he's not an edge rusher. You know, Will Anderson is because Will Anderson has the get off off the off the ball, has the juice, has the pass rushing chops. I feel like – and that's why I compared him to Marcus Davenport when he was coming out of UTSA. It was like, you know, the pieces collectively look good, but the football player side of it just needs a little bit more work. He plays a little bit too high only has that power rush, you know, move right now. I feel like he's a better five technique than anything. So, and then you go to Oakland, well, where is he going to fit, you know, in terms of getting off the field right away? You know, in terms of let's let's get him out there right away. Is he he's not the guy that you think is going to be the, you know, twitched up athletic pass rusher. He's he's not nuanced yet in that role. So, for me, you know, I had him as a, a my number one five technique but I had a higher grade, I believe, on Miles Murphy and also Will Anderson in, in terms of Murphy as a 4-3 defensive end and uh, Anderson as my number one edge. So I just feel like he's better more inside because a lot of his success to me came from, you know, he was kicked down inside a little bit as a five technique because he's not nuanced enough on the outside to really beat savvy pro tackles, let alone Big 12 tackles. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you right there. And, and and also for B. John Robinson, it's fascinating to watch people just dump on running backs for no reason. At the end of the day, and I tweeted this out, and I waited until the end of the first round to, to do so. Um, people are more comfortable with taking tight ends in the first round. You saw all the mock drafts had two tight ends going round one. And people like the idea of tight ends going round one. Get your tight end, get this tight end. Get this. And when we watch it in, in an actual football game at the NFL level, Tight ends are used okay. Backs get a lot of work. So it makes sense to take a guy in round one, an elite guy in round one, that's going to get a lot of work. They get more work than tight ends do, uh, even if you take them in round one. So for me, no problem with the Falcons doing what they did. They're stockpiling offensive weapons around Desmond Ritter to see what they have in him. I think they like the progress he made on the back end of the season. They did a great job in the uh, – on defense and free agency. So this Falcons team can challenge in the NFC South along with Carolina, despite 
having a rookie quarterback. I like the team there. They just needed a steady hand. I think Bryce Young can give them that. But Bijan, I had no issues with it. But people just, again, are enamored with, quote-unquote, positional value and also picks more so than the actual talent. Well, and the other thing that we don't talk about enough is, like, half these guys are not going to be good players in the NFL. Half of them. So if you get a guy that is a good player, that's a win. Like, no matter what position he plays, if he's a good player, that's when would it ideally be a good player at a really important position? Whatever that means, yeah. But, I mean, just coming out of it with a good starter is good compared to some of these guys that are going to be absolute busts. Let's get to some of these other picks in the trenches, Emery, when we return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Eagles took Jalen Carter at 9. The Bears took Darnell Wright at 10. Titans took Peter Skaronsky at 11. And we got another running back, Jameer Gibbs for the Lions at 12. I don't think anybody has any argument with Carter, Wright, or Skaronsky. Those teams, it's a perfect match. Bears needed a right tackle. Titans needed an offensive lineman. Jameer Gibbs at 12 was interesting, Emery. you loved him. He was your number one running back. So if you don't have a problem with Bijan going at eight, you're not going to have a problem with Jameer Gibbs going at 12. Nah, he's explosiveness in a, in a, in a package. And it was funny to watch the conversation say, oh, they just signed, uh, you know, uh, I can't even remember his David name. Montgomery. Sign him. Why, why would they take – you think David Montgomery is going to keep Jameer Gibbs off the, off the field and on the bench? You think they're going to give more carries to David Montgomery? Then Jameer Gibbs, you have to be smoking. And when you look at Jameer Gibbs' explosiveness in the, in that dome on that turf, it's going to be uh, you know basketball on grass with these guys, especially when they get Jameson Williams back. So yeah, it makes sense. And then now we understand why they had to do that at twelve, because you hear the talk coming out that the Jets were thinking about taking him at fifteen, which would have been you know mind-blowing when you think of the combination of Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs so again you think about the talent forget about the you know positional value and you know where they picked him wouldn't it make again I keep going back to this Ross this backs touch the ball a lot they play a lot they get on the field early to me that's value so why not have the best player in in that value spot I feel like people have just become so enamored with spreadsheets and the draft board points and you know where you should take guys 
Week six, we were watching Lions play. Jameer Gibbs has a 78-yard touchdown run on a sprint draw. You think we care? Well, yeah, but they could have got him at, at 18. No, we don't care. No one cares. Fans don't care. Fans are cheering, dressed like you know, a cowardly lion and all kind of stuff you see at a game. They don't care about where a guy was picked. They want to know if he's good or not, and definitely Jameer Gibbs is good. Packers took Lucas Van Ness at 13. Steelers jumped ahead of the Jets to get Broderick Jones at 14. You'll never convince me, Emery, that the Jets weren't going to take Broderick Jones at 15. They were absolutely going to take Broderick Jones at 15. I feel like you can't let that happen if you're the Jets. They end up taking Will McDonald, and then the Commanders took Emmanuel Forbes at 16. I guess the most interesting thing there, Emery, is the, is the Steelers moving up to get Jones. And refresh my memory on your Will McDonald thoughts with him going 15 to the Jets. I feel like he's a solid player. Um, so for me, I probably would have gone somewhere else. Maybe another offensive lineman, Anton Harrison, was there for the taking. And I feel like they've stockpiled a lot of pass rushers. They got a bunch of guys there. And is he someone that can get on the field and find a way? He's, you know, you drafted Jermaine Johnson last year in the first round, and you kind of hope he can be out there. And will, you know, McDonald's someone that's a good player, but, you know, first round, whatever. You know, if you like him, take him. That's how I feel about the draft. But also, Emmanuel Forbes was a question when Gonzalez is right there. I, you know, I, know, I understand the pick sixes. I get it. You, you could never, you know, talk me out of guys that could put the ball in the paint. But Gonzalez gives you, a more well-rounded corner as opposed to Forbes. And it's not even about the weight. It's just about, you know, you look at some of those interceptions that have come his way and you're like, okay, that, that you kind of lucked into that one. Um, but for me, I would have gone Gonzalez. Forbes is a good player, but I would have choose chosen the better uh, option, the better, more uh, well-rounded complete corner in Gonzalez. Yeah. You're not the only one that feels that way. Emery. Um, Gonzalez, boy, his highlights look good. Next few picks were interesting because then you had the Lions at 18 taking Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. The Bucks took Kalijah Canty, the D tackle from Pitt. Seahawks took the first receiver. It didn't go till 20. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba from Ohio State. And then the Chargers, number two receiver was Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. Uh, a lot of people really like Jack Campbell, Emery. Yeah, a lot of people liked him. I think the Lions liked his length more so than anything, um, which makes sense. You know, they wanted to get a little bit longer. And we talk about this before, how length can clog up passing windows over the middle of the field. And he's one of the better linebackers in the class. And again, if you are a good football player, it doesn't matter where you got picked. Just get good football players. You're out there with a good football team. It helps you win. Quentin Johnson was fascinating because I think a lot of people view him wrongly. People view him as a you know, 50-50 above the rim guy. He is not. I think he fits in well with the Chargers because he's a catch and run guy. He's a guy that can catch, you know, the underneath pass and take it a long way. He can also get deep down the field where he can cradle the football, but expecting him to catch it where it's coming right at him, I, I don't trust his hands enough. And Zay Flowers helps out Lamar Jackson, gets another explosive element, a much better, more polished receiver than Hollywood Brown when he came out. I already compared uh, Zay Flowers to a Tyreek Hill type. People see Tyreek Hill and think I'm talking about a one-to-one. I said he's explosive like Tyreek Hill in all directions. But people hear names and they always get fascinated with that. And you talk about someone like uh, 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. Shocking that he fell past the Packers. Packers wanted to go defense. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba was there. Tennessee passed on him. I thought that would have been another good spot for him. But Seattle gets a third receiver that's going to help them out. You know, when you had Lockett dealing with banged up injuries, nicked up at times. DK Metcalf, he's great. But sometimes teams can get in his head. He get a little bit unfocused. So now you have another option that can help you out in that regard. I'm not passing up on the game time app. Absolutely not. I look up where I'm going to be or where I'm at, Emory, so I know I'm getting guaranteed the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What I love about it, if you're looking at it on video, YouTube or on video, look, I got Morgan Wallen coming up in a couple weeks here in Hershey Park Stadium. Blink-182, Zach Brown Band, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. I'm going to have me a summer thanks to the Game Time app. Download it, create an account, and use code DRAFT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So, again, create an account and redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And we're going to keep it rolling here. 22 Zay Flowers to the Ravens, the receiver from BC. I love that pick for them. 23 Jordan Addison, the Vikings get essentially Thielen's replacement with the wide receiver from USC. Giants moved up to get Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland, and the Bills moved up. They jumped in front of the Cowboys to get Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah. Yeah, Addison reminds me a lot of uh, former Viking Anthony Carter and how just silky smooth and how he can get deep down the field. Young fans, go look up Anthony Carter and go watch his highlights and watch him uh, just do his thing. Addison will fit in perfectly in Minnesota. Banks, to me, was one of my favorite interviews to talk to because he has the right attitude for the cornerback position. Fascinating defensive back, tight press man corner, fits in Will uh, Wink Martindale scheme perfectly. Kincaid makes sense when you think about what went ahead of Buffalo because I felt like Buffalo was a spot for a running back. We saw both top-tier guys go. I thought they were a spot for a wide receiver. All the top-tier wide receivers went early, so it makes sense to add another receiving threat, especially when you think about what they did in the second round, getting the interior offensive line help. This was a good pick for Buffalo. Uh, Mozzie Smith, they needed a nose tackle. I know it's not sexy, but I think he can serve a purpose in freeing up those edge rushers that they already have on the roster. And Anton Harrison, uh, we talked about him earlier, one of my favorite tackles, goes to Jacksonville, now that's even more so important with the Cam Robinson uh, suspension. So good job in that slate of picks right there for the for these respective NFL teams. Well, and the Jags traded down twice and got a bunch more picks and still got the guy they were clearly going to draft in Anton Harrison because they needed to, losing Juwan Taylor in free agency and Cam Robinson being suspended and undetermined amount of games right now. Totally agree with that. Uh, let's wrap things up on the D-line. How about that? Four straight D-line guys to end the draft, Emory. The Bengals took Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson. The Saints took Brian Brzee, the D-tackle from Clemson. Back-to-back Clemson guys. I think that might have happened in the mock draft we did. The live yeah. mock draft that might have been those two guys back-to-back. Then the Eagles got Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia at 30. And then at 31, the Chiefs, 
I think the Chiefs wanted to trade out, man, but they couldn't do that to the fans that have been there for five hours <laughs> in Kansas. They're like, oh, no, we got to take somebody. So they took Felix, I don't even know how to say his last name, the edge rusher from K-State, Emory. Yeah, Felix and Duque Uzama, he was my 38th edge rusher. So I wasn't as high on him as most. Um, and he took him at the end of the first round. Like You're right, they had to take somebody. Uh, to, to help the fans close out the night in Kansas City. But Brian Brissy, I talked about how fascinated I was with his game. I think he's going to be better. The Saints did a great job of filling a need. They needed depth on the interior. They also got a good one in Brian Brissy. That gives him some you know technique flexibility. Nolan Smith, love his close, acceleration to the quarterback. I think he's going to be phenomenal for Philly. And when you think about getting someone like Miles Murphy, Cincinnati just keeps – stockpiling edge rushers which is great in their defense because he can get after the quarterback i know people are worried about the sack numbers but he also plays the run rather well very good uh player was my number one four three defensive end and i give gotta give a shout out to you ross because i was crying laughing uh seeing your your text messages revealed about (laughs) what you were worried about the most and i'm laughing because I can relate because that's how i am too like yo what a fool that let's let's talk let's get that well no so for me like I got to be able to space it out, right? So, like, before I was going to get there on Thursday or Friday night, if they said the food was at 5, that's fine. If they said the food was at 9, that's fine. I just got to know when it is so I know what to eat beforehand and how much. Like, I I just got to know. And then uh, I got to tell you, I said it. I mean, man, that's if somebody said, what's the thing you miss the most about football, Emery? I would say, well, first of all, I miss the violence. I miss hitting people. It's so fun. Like, I, I, I love it. I crave it. But also the meals, man. The, I, I was telling, uh, I, I met Jalen Carter. I was seeing some of the rookies for the Eagles. I was like, not like that when you're done, dude. Enjoy it. Enjoy every meal. Because also, I think the Eagles have the best food of any place I've ever been. Make sure you check this guy out on social media. He's such a stud. F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. I am at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Next week, we will go division by division, talking about every single draft pick. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.